It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at Bedside Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bedstuy Brat. And I am Shade at Black Girls Texting. And today we have a very special guest. Um, without further ado, I am one, just have to say, like, this is really, really incredible for me because I've been using your products forever. <laughs> But we have the founder oh. of Curls. Maisha is here with us. Amazing. Thank you for having me, ladies. How are you? Good. How you are you doing? Us. Amazing. Amazing. Blessed on this beautiful Saturday. Nice. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm just going to do a brief intro so the people know and have all of the information. And then we're going to jump into all of our questions because we're really curious to learn more about you. Um, so I have here that you received a business degree in administration and marketing and you're from NorCal and I actually live in the Bay. So I was like, Oh, nice. Right. <laughs> yes. And that you were actually a marketing manager and uh-huh. we're just getting like frustrated with availability of products for your hair. And in 2002, you decided to start curls and you did that, invested all your own money and have been able to grow this multi-million dollar business. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It is so incredible. I have to say the Blueberry Bliss leave-in is like probably- It's everything. It's literally everything. It is, it really is amazing. Like when we um, were speaking to Christina and like she reached out to us, I like literally dropped the phone. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like I genuinely use this product every, every, every day. So this is just really, really dope. And first and foremost, like just wanted to know, like, how did you start this? Like, how did this all come about and kind of want to know more of the background story? Sure. So. I originally was not set out to become an entrepreneur. That wasn't my plan, nor was it my my path. So I thought um, I actually wind up um, landing a very coveted internship at Intel Corporation in my junior year of college. Um, And so after the internship ended, um, they offered me an opportunity to stay on and work part time while I went back to school. And I'm like, perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. So stayed on. Um, and after I graduated, I did that until I graduated. Once I graduated, I had two job offers at Intel. I took one of the two and thought I was going to set on a path of climbing that corporate ladder and rising to the ranks, mm-hmm. top of the ranks of Intel um, professional life. And I was really, really dedicated, really into it. And first one in, last one out, stellar employee, outperforming. Everything you can imagine, I was all in. Uh, Then I got this one manager that was hell-bent on getting rid of me. And since I'm a firm believer in naming and calling out devils, I'm going to name him now. His name is Lyle McCarthy. And you can find him on Facebook. Um, He decided that he wanted to get rid of me. And I was a young, single, black mom that did not have 
anyone to fall back on. While I had the support of my mother, she was there all day to babysit, but financially, she didn't have it to give to me. So I was beyond stressed when I realized that I was put on a corrective action plan. And that's Intel's way of formally getting rid of someone with the paperwork and the whole, you know, paper trail along the way. And I remember being so incredibly stressed beyond measure. Like I did not know what I was going to do if I had lost this high paying job. So I wind up praying. I remember saying, I don't know how many people are believers. You know, I'm just going to tell my journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I pray to God that, listen, you have to move this man out of my way because every time I interviewed out, try to get out of the job or out of Intel, um, whenever someone would call and check my references, he would bash my name. So I, I couldn't even leave. I was trying to just get out and not have to deal with all of it. And I said, God, you have to move him because if I, he stays here, I don't know what's going to happen. And I tell, I kid you not less than two weeks later, he comes back to our team meeting and goes, I have an opportunity to take a promotion in um, Intel Malaysia. I don't think I'm going to go. I don't know. My wife is not really into it. I'll let you guys know to our whole team. And I remember going, God, please move this man. He did. He moved. He went to Malaysia. I got a new manager. Hallelujah. Right. So this this manager was really amazing. He was cool. I interviewed out, though, into a position in a different department because I really just want to get rid of all the negativity. So I moved out of that department into a department two buildings away and started over. Um, and that was like at the end of the year. So when it was time for my my performance at the top of the year, um, I had everything on my record for that year was primarily with Mr. McCarthy, right? Um, and a few months with the new department. I was ranked faster than my peers. I got a huge bonus, a raise, stock options. Everything that Lyle said that I wasn't, I was. I already knew it, but that was a full circle moment for me, seeing my review and seeing like really this is what it is and now really realizing what he was and he was a white mm-hmm. devil trying to get rid of me oh and i'm Come sorry i don't know how pc you guys want me to be i probably should have asked don't him to start talking. No, so go ahead okay, we love i don't it. know how any other way to be but this myself is very relatable so i wanted up leaving and getting that full circle moment i knew it i knew i was better than what he said i was but I took that moment of that, got past that, thank you, Jesus, for getting me through this as my wake up call, not to stay there, but now I see this could probably happen again. I'm going to shift out of this because never, ever, ever will I allow ever again for someone to have my financial destiny in the palm of their hands, even if it's for five minutes. Mm. Now, I probably would have found another job. I'm sure I would have. I was talented, ambitious, all those things, but it was still impactful to my bottom line to not know. And as a black woman, you can't just be without a job. You know, you have to have something coming in, especially when you're taking care of a kid. So that was my aha moment. Let me shift my mindset. I'm no longer proud to be an Intel employee. I'm I'm gonna have to move out of the scenario. Um, I need to find something else to do. I need to now own my own destiny. And I wasn't sure what my business was gonna be. I wasn't sure what I wanted to launch into, but I remember going away. My fiance at the time, now my husband, took me to Santa Barbara for a birthday celebration. And we were overlooking Pacific Ocean on a, eating dinner at a restaurant, beautiful restaurant. And on a few napkins, we birthed a few ideas. And one thing he said to me was, Mahisha, you're always mixing and matching different hair products. And you never seem to like anything. Why don't you do something in that space? And I said, oh, that's a good idea. 
So we jotted down a few names of products and, and ideas for names and curls was born on that napkin. And we started with four products total for adults, a, sh- a shampoo, a hair mask, a curl refresher and a styling cream. It was four products, very basic start. Um, and then we, we launched online. It was like nine months of R and D three months of getting everything together. And I launched in April of 2002 turned on the switch and was so happy that day when I got eight orders. I was like, yes, someone sees me out there. I have eight orders. That was the biggest thing ever. (laughs) And then I, so this was back before social media. So again, think there were, there weren't any opportunities to launch a brand with a bunch of bloggers supporting you or promoting your brand on Instagram, you know, Facebook. It, it was very different back then. This was way before all of social media. So it was more grassroots marketing, going to the consumer where she is, a lot of sampling and engaging her. We couldn't afford TV ads or even magazine ads at that time. So it really was guerrilla marketing. Um, but I was so happy that I was on the path of financial freedom. I did leave Intel Corporation. I went to work for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals selling mm. legal drugs. Um, I sold <laughs> the best in each class. So I had a really like easy golden ticket to see doctors. So what I did, um, I kept Pfizer to um, invest every dollar. Every dollar that was made there was for the family. Nothing. Um, I, needed to, I didn't want to live on curls. So the curls dollars, every cent went back into the business. So mm-hmm. I did both so I wouldn't have to jeopardize the success of curls by dipping in that pond um, and pulling out. So I did that for a very long time, but I structured my day in such a way that enabled me to do so. I had, like I said, the best drugs in my each class that I sold. And I was able to see all eight doctors that they want to make. They want you to see eight doctors in a day. I maximized my time by seeing eight by noon. And so Ooh. I got all eight done by noon. And I and I got home and I would come home more hustler. Wow. So that's what I did. Eight by noon and then come home and do curls for the rest of the day. And I did that until I could no longer do it anymore. But that was my trail, my my journey into entrepreneurship. Really having um, a racist pig lead you into your destiny. Wow. (laughs) What an interesting turn of events. And so I found him on Facebook about a two no five years ago I found him on on Facebook but then about two or three years ago um I sent him a a two-word DM google me oh I'm obsessed obsessed. (laughs) yes and wow (laughs) did he reply oh my god no he blocked me and (laughs) oh Oh, well but you know he blocked you and then googled you and was probably like damn I want to know what I was about what I was going what I had going on He's oh, following you on a Facebook account. Spam his page, y'all. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm so sure. that's my I mean, journey. It sounds like, yeah, all, through all of that, you continue, you were continued to be reminded that you could bet on yourself. Yes. Like, that you had the all the capacity that you needed. Um, and I didn't even know if I had all the capacity. I just knew that I had to do something. And, and when your back is against the wall, at least my back, I'm going to push my way out of that scenario any by any means necessary. And that was me jumping into a pool of entrepreneurship, which I had no idea how deep it was. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was smart enough to start small enough to make mistakes on a smaller scale mm, and right. and then fix it up and clean it up before I'm visible, you know? Yeah. I want to quickly jump into, you know, your product because I know it's eco-friendly and I just saw this post that was saying, um, 
that beauty products marketed to black women are way more harmful and hazardous and contain toxic ingredients. Right. Um, so how does curls like combat that? Or, you know, do you have like a specific um, agenda to fix that issue? And Absolutely. Oh. <clears throat> um I am, it's super important to me. And I would say most black brands. I'm going to say that that article is referring to mostly non-black owned brands, because let me tell you, there are a lot of them out there that see us as just dollar signs Mm -hmm. and now are looking just to market to us by slapping a product in a bottle with a label that they think may appeal to us and put some sprinkle of what they think black girl magic is and put it in the market. But they're not really knowing that they don't really care. The bottom line is that they don't care what they're putting in the bottle. So you go ahead and try that Pantene gold, huh, mama. They don't care what they're putting in that for you. Let me tell right. you, like most of us black owned brands, which there, I have a few counterparts that we are all doing well. We are conscious of it, but then Curl specifically um, is one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest brands that is for black women. I know Shea Moisture takes a, a stance on the uh, cleanliness of their brand as well. But Curls is really all about if I can use, I know I need to be able to use it on my hair and my baby's hair and feel good about it Mm -hmm. because I am a mother of four. So a lot of times I would pull out, we would all use the same products from Kennedy, the baby all the way up to me and everyone in between. So I need to feel confident as a mother and what I'm putting on my most valuable prize possessions, my babies. And with that in mind, I will always do what's best. So when you were developing those first four products, what did that look like? Were you mixing at home and then you went on and patented that blend? Um, No, I actually knew that I needed to be on the shelves. So I hired a cosmetic chemist out the gate. And a cosmetic Mm -hmm. chemist, I came in knowing what I did not want in it. I wanted a very clean formula. No parabens, no silicones, no sulfates, no artificial oils or fragrances. We wanted to make sure that we had organic ingredients that we formulate with and and ingredients that have chemically, that have a clinical proven track record of being good for the hair, either repair, repairing, restoring, preventing, growing, you know, rep- all those things, moisturizing, conditioning. I had to have story ingredients with a story that I can actually track. So that's always been our philosophy. What are some of the ingredients that you all like use the most like what are the you know ingredients that are really good for our hair we use a few so in the blueberry collection of course the blueberry bliss um collection which is the number one in the whole company um blueberry extract blueberries are a superfood as we know for our bodies but they're also amazing for our hair so again it has clinical data that's proven to help repair damage prevent breakage uh actually condition the hair and grow the hair that's a, a superfood for the hair. Mm. But then we also use a lot of aloe leaf juice in almost everything, which is great for soothing the scalp, as we know. Also adding sheen, detangling, softening naturally, and also has growth properties and is super duper packed with vitamins A, B12, C, E, a whole bunch of uh, minerals as well. So that's a a beautiful ingredient that we love to work with. We like to work with coconut milk as well, cashmere extract, caviar extract for protein and natural protein. We use bamboo, which is Ooh. also a great strengthener. We use, um, I said, we also use green tea, sea kelp, charcoal. We use a lot of different amazing ingredients, but everything is very um, fine-tuned and specific to a need. 
That's amazing. Cashmere yeah. and, and you manage to have it all yeah, smell so, so good and feel so good. I'm still fangirling over here, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you do rave about that, the blueberry line. I really do. Um, so I was wondering, with starting your business, um, you said you were you were working and you were making sure that, you know, curls money stayed kind of like in the curls fund. But did you ever face like major setbacks like and ever have a moment like, oh, I just want to give up? Like, what was that journey like? Hmm. Wow, you asked the great questions. Um, I, you know, I, I think during the time of the of our epic rise, I, I don't think I, I ever I never felt like that. It was me again trying to get somewhere so when you're a girl from a hood on a mission then you're going to find your way to get on to that mission so that's what that my whole journey was about i say the harder times came when you have risen quote unquote and now you have to maintain that level of of amazing success and growth and it's i liken it to like like say say a pop star like they have the smash hit right and it's on every record and played in every club. And you got to follow that up year after year after year. Mm-hmm. That's where the stress comes from. So the rise is probably the easiest part, going along for the ride and, and growing and learning and growing. But once you hit and you kind of hit the top, then the pressure is incredibly strong and heavy. And so that's the time when most of us go, oh, this is, and I don't care what anyone tells you. They're lying if they say they never have moments of feeling like defeated or overwhelmed or concerned. Like I talk to a lot of my counterparts and we talk about how heavy the load is. It really is heavy. And so I say that it was not in the beginning of the company. It's after the success has happened. Right. Like keeping keeping up that momentum. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, in addition to like the strategy and the work that, that goes into um I guess, keeping yourself on that track and continuing to ride, ride high, who do you turn to in those moments of like stress? It's mm-hmm. so interesting to me that, that the brand itself was developed while you were talking with your fiance and you were scribbling on napkins. Is yeah. that someone that you go to? Um, he is moments? totally like my everything. Like he, he's so centered enough to rock with this crazy one over here. <laughs> but he <laughs> also is an amazing support system. Like I, whenever I have those moments, he's the first person I go to. He's the one I wake up to and he looks at me and goes, what's wrong, Mahisha? And then we talk. And if I have to cry, I cry on his shoulder. But I really haven't, after being married to him, I haven't, this kind of stuff, it's between him and I don't share, that's just us. You know, I don't take Mm. that besides us and maybe, you know, my personal mentor, but that's my ride or die. Like he's really in my corner. That's so beautiful. I know, that's wonderful. That is. Sorry, go ahead, Gon. Well, I was just going to say, we actually had questions about um, mentorship and how that has influenced your career. You read my mind. I know, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So what about mentorship? Yeah, the impact of of mentorship um, in your career. Well, um, I highly suggest, and I always do when I talk to people or even my own mentees, people that mentor, it is important to have someone that's done it before to help you. It is important to have someone that can help you avoid pitfalls and save you experiences, issues, money, 
I mean, all those things and to show you the way and give you knowledge and advice in areas that you don't already have. But I did not have that. Unfortunately, I scrapped, mm. I, I was like, I was scraping for, uh, scraping by. Um, but I winded up getting that later. I didn't get it at the beginning. Um, but what I didn't have as, as in the terms, in terms of mentorship, I had in the form of education. Now I, I would find my way around anything. I will find my, I will find out how to get anything done because that's just in my nature. So if I didn't know something I found, I would find out how to, how to, how to do that or get that or be that I could get it done. But I realized though, early on in my career that I needed a mentor. And so then I started to really seek out, but how do you, my thing was, how do you ask someone to give of their time when they're already busy? I I had a hard time with that, you know, initially. Um, And, but then I found up, found out that, listen, a closed mouth does not get fed. You got to go for it. And Mm -hmm. one thing I'm not, one thing I'm not is afraid. So I went and found a great mentor and I actually found that by happenstance. Like, I don't know if you guys remember Comer Cottrell um, is, was one of the pioneers in the black hair care space. Proline, the blue and green grease, blue and green grease we see used growing up. Oh yeah. By Proline. Okay. So he created the line Proline and he was based in California. Like I was, he wound up moving to Texas like I am now. And like I did, um, and his daughter Renee, um, actually ran dark, the dark and lovely component. She, she not dark and lovely. I'm sorry. Just for me. She created the just for me campaign, the whole mm-hmm. kids, uh, kitty relaxer, you know, opinions aside, she did a great yeah. job with that. You know, mm-hmm. opinions on relaxers aside, that's what she owned. She's been in the business for so many, many years with her father. And so she became her, and her husband became my mentors. Her husband also worked for Coma Cottrell. Um, so those two people are people I still call today. Um, and the knowledge is just so, so rich and in anything I need to know, he knows all these people, every people, every person I deal with from distributor to all the different buyers to anything I need to know how to do, what to do, who to go, where to go. What should I do? Should I do this? They have answers for me and it's just an incredible resource. And to this day, I'm still, still very much connected to them and call them, just called Eric yesterday. I said, Hey, I have this issue. What do you think about this? This is my thought. I don't want to know what you think. And, you know, and he'll quickly tell me when I need to do something different. Quickly tell me when I'm wrong. He is down for the cause and extremely invaluable. That's so beautiful. I feel like what you mentioned a little earlier when I was kind of seeking a mentor, I felt some shame sometimes like, yeah, how can I expect this person to be so giving of their time, of their ideas? We're in Mm -hmm. similar fields anyway. Somebody that I'm a competitor of theirs, like that I'm trying to take their ideas or like what is in it for them to work with me? How do you cultivate like a mutually beneficial relationship with your mentor? Um, I don't know. Um, But I, I guess I've been finding over time that yeah, we fuel each other with our ideas and I'm younger, I'm newer in the, in the, in my industry. And, uh, I guess they, I have something to offer to them just as much as they do to me. Is that right. what you found in your relationship with your mentors? Well, I, well, I've always tried to be, um, and I tell people this, like my son-in-law to be, um, was asking me to connect him with someone here locally. That's really prominent. And I said, you need to bring, be of value and service also don't always come with your hand out. If you want something, bring breakfast to the office and sit down and ask for 30 minutes. 
Exactly. Take him out for he loves bourbon and burgers. Go take him out and sit down and then pick his brain there. Bring something like and, and, and give. Don't always be so always take, 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 give. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's one of the things mentees need to learn. So yes, I, but I gay, I was afraid, but then I wind up becoming, like I said, what I tell my mentees, I gave. So whatever I can give of myself, then I would, I would offer it. Um, and depending on what that would be, you know, I, it, it would change, but that's one of the thing I, one of the things I didn't do, um, with Eric and Renee. Uh, Speaking of mentorship, I know you have a show on OWN, uh, Mind Your Business with Maisha, where you help female entrepreneurs kind of take their businesses to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that show and like your experiences on that show? Sure. So um, Oprah saw the shift in entrepreneurship. A female African-American female-based businesses are up 400%, 300%. But Ooh, less than 4% <laughs> make it to see million dollars. So mm. that's a huge gap to bridge. And she wanted to make a difference there. Um, thus the show. Um, and the show set out to help eight female black based base businesses um, get through their their issues into success. And each one of them had a different um, set of issues that we had to address. And it really was hands-on. Five days for one episode, helping one business came in Um you know, with the problem, clear solution, deliver results, tangible items, whether it be support, financial, re, uh, total revamp, revamp of the business from all the way from the bones, the foundation to just maybe marketing to funding to um, even to ha- helping them find new avenues to sell or even one business went totally went out of business and lost their entire business. And we had to get them into another set of the industry. So it was very hands on and enjoyable. Um, it was extremely um, emotionally taxing because I, I gave so much of myself every single day for every mm-hmm. single episode, for every single week and every single month. It was a long journey, but it was it came out to be um, a really great labor, labor of love, love because out of eight businesses, seven of them have achieved success and been, went on to do great things. Um, one of the girls was just a knucklehead and couldn't li- wouldn't listen to nobody, still is. Um, so, you know, like you can't, you just only, only can bring them to water. You can't make them drink. But I'm happy that I was able to have that level of impact with these ladies because um, it was a beautiful thing to have the sisterhood. And they're, we're all still in touch to this day. Um, and we have a group text going on and we speak to each other regularly and, and then we're still connecting people. Like I'm still connecting like Maxi, who's the designer who I am so incredibly proud of my Maxi J. Maxi J is a girl from the hood in LA also. Um, and she made it out against all odds and she went from, um, making her clothes that she 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 designed clothes and had cutters and sewers cut for her and sold for her and she would sell those and then she opened up her own boutique on melrose melrose which is very big um, real estate dollar wise um and foot traffic and then she went from from that to owning her own um plant now in turkey so now you can you can have her make her stuff for you and she's giving on passed on amazing deals to her customers um, and so she's in Turkey now and uh, opened up a second plant. So I'm so, so incredibly proud of her. She is just rocking it out. That's amazing. I have a friend who's actually starting a skincare line. And I spoke to her the other day and she was telling me one of the biggest issues that she's running into is finding 
VCs. And mm-hmm. she posted up something the other day. It said less than 35 black women have mm-hmm. ever raised more than $1 million in venture capital. Right, right. And I just found that to be shocking yes. because I, you know, I follow female entrepreneurs and not to knock down what any white woman is doing, but some of them get millions of dollars with an idea. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 100%. A hundred percent. And let's go ahead and knock down those women. Okay. Because keep it real. It, how, how, how cool is it that for them to be able to easily just come up with idea and get funding? Oh, Becky, here right. you go. Love your idea. Here's $5 million. Mahisha couldn't get a small business loan despite having exceptional personal credit to save my life. Mm. And so it's a disadvantage. It really is. But guess what? We have to take these, this hand we're dealt. And we have to really deal deal with the the, the cards that we're dealt with, right? Sh- shuffle that duck deck and create a whole nother story because we have such we don't get as much attention, we don't get as much support, we don't get as, the information, the resource, the access, the financial support. It really is what it is, and that's horrible. And like, would you guys probably saw Curl Mix on? They were on um, what's that show? The Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Uh-huh. And yeah. yes, and they were just so belittling to those ladies. Did you see that? Did you guys see that no, episode? No, I didn't see that. And so they're they're a natural hair company, and and they, the comments were like, "Oh yeah, we don't really. I deal with people looking to make their hair better, not curly." Um. Yeah. No, that's not a very good idea. You guys probably aren't gonna. They're, they're really what? Just, really crap on their ideas. But you know on what Shark happened? Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. Oh, that yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, and they wind up going to get a lot more funding because of exposure. They wind up getting funding, which is mm. great for them. But a lot of us didn't have that that ability to do so. I, I couldn't. So I started much smaller than I actually had planned because I had to use my own personal um, funds. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, the VC space, um, in any space, you know, there's a lot of doubt when you walk in the door with that brown skin that we're quite there's a level another level of, of scrutiny that we you know are and, and endure just mm-hmm. by walking in with this brown skin mm-hmm. and certainly how can she be sure she's going to make this business work well i don't know do you know what you're doing do you know your numbers do you know your profit margins yes mm-hmm. sir i do, do mm-hmm. I, of course i do why do we have that level of doubt and, and that's what that's what it is uncertain unfortunately that's what it is So what are some things you think we can do to combat that? I know personally, I try my hardest to just support as many black businesses as I I can. Um, Do you think there's anything else we can do? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, The best thing that I know to do is what I'm doing. Black Girls Making Millions Academy, creating millionaires one Mm -hmm. black at a time where I'm training black women with my yearly, uh, we're doing another smaller one this December, but we do it just in in June. The first one was this June. The second will be next June. We are bringing women in from all over the U.S. to show them and teach them and train them and and give them the information, the resource, and the access they're, they're missing from the outside world. And one of the pieces is connecting them to financing. So having B of A mm. be, being there to support, having f- fund um, funding opportunities, having people there that investors that actually will hear people pitch for funding. Um, and then also educating, because that's another component that's needed. What if you get the money? And if you don't know how to spend it, you'll lose it and then be in debt. So right. that's a big piece we need to talk about is financial literacy, Mm-hmm. And teaching us how to manage our money, 
wisely because that's one thing that's missing sometimes in our community. And so that's what I'm where I'm going to tackle it at that level. And I feel like what you're doing is so important because the first thing that came to my mind was like, I wish we could just go to one another for that money, you know, like that we could create our own black women's like VC or like huge, I don't even know, like pool of money where we all just support one another. But we don't have that generational wealth that some people were afforded due to right things, colonialism, mm-hmm. slavery, yada, right. yada. Um, but what you're essentially doing is creating that. Like you are creating black that women network. making millions, creating that potential generational wealth that we mm-hmm. can go to one another in the future and say, hey, girl, like, I, I would love for you to invest in my company. And it doesn't have to be Bob of whatever bank or whomever has been around for millions and millions of years. Right, yeah. right. That that would be beautiful. That would be a beautiful thing. Maisha, can you tell our listeners more about the um, upcoming academy that you're going to have in December? Yes. Yeah, so Black Girls Making Millions second um, our second annual retreat um, will be in Dallas, Texas. Um, and for details, you can follow us on Instagram at Black Girls, uh, Black Girls Making Millions on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but what we have, um, we offer three tracks. Track one, the startup for the very new business owner who looks to needs help getting started from top to bottom. Uh, track two is the come up. That's a business that's already established and needs help growing their business. And then track three is the blow up. And that's the business that needs uh, funding. So she gets to come learn how to present her brand and pitch for funding. Wow, that's so important. I love that. Yes. Yeah, it's so interesting. I've been thinking recently, our our generation especially is just so entrepreneurial minded. I think we're Mm -hmm. all, even as you were talking about the beginning of your your journey, um, I'm realizing more and more I can't work for somebody else. And every day <laughs> right. I go to work and I'm like, I need some, like, why do I feel like trapped? I need some freedom. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I've slowly been realizing like the only way that I'll be able to find that is in working for myself. Like that is right. how you'll find that. Yes. Um, and if your passions are so seamlessly aligned with what you're doing to make a living, that is just like the dream. Yeah. And at life. the same yeah. At the same time, being an entrepreneur, while it's, I feel like it's a very sexy thing to do, it's hard. It's hard. Oh, it terrifies me. It's yeah. heavy. It's really heavy. You're literally leaning on yourself. Yes, completely and utterly. Yes, it's it's a lot. And then you think, when you sit down and think, if you ever sit down and think, but when I do think, oh my God, how many families are dependent on me? Wow. Mm. Yeah, so many. When I, think of, when I think of it like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, Completely. that's heavy. That's heavy. A lot of families. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. But though. on the flip side, it's beautiful. Yes. It's a beautiful thing because mm-hmm. we're adding value, but we're also adding value in homes that maybe wouldn't have had that opportunity. You know, I'm able to touch mm-hmm. and help my people of color and beyond just the jobs really giving back the, the the piece of me that likes to give back to different organizations that don't get that same um, um, benefit. Like there's a nonprofit here um, that helps rescues battered women and children sometimes while it's happening. And I, she gets overlooked for funding here. And I like to, that's my, my foundation of choice, but being able to be selective and find people that need help and, and to be able to be a blessing. That's another component of it. Yeah, Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about uh, none of us are moms on the podcast yet, but you said you mentioned you had four children. How has that been being like a mom of four and being an entrepreneur? 
Well, I had, yeah, interesting, very uh, busy because I had Bryce Nizzi, my middle two, when I was doing that Pfizer Intel, I mean, that Pfizer and Curls thing where I worked both jobs, you know, mm-hmm. did la- Pfizer and launch Curls. I had a baby and a toddler in the midst of all that too. Um, so in the midst of the craziness, I threw in a baby and a toddler and then had a, a 10 year old. So it was pretty lit in my house. <laughs> it was always lit actually. <laughs> so it was a busy time, but you know, I did what I had to do. It was kind of my way I felt of securing a future for them. So mm-hmm. it was a short term um, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah, my mom is an entrepreneur. And while she was building her business in the beginning, I remember she was just traveling a ton. And growing up, I just be like, wow, she's just always doing the most. And it would be cute if she could come <laughs> to like my recitals or like some of the just regular stuff that I'm uh-huh. seeing other moms doing. And it uh-huh. wasn't until I till recently that she was expressing to me that all that she's been doing is for for me and so that she can set me up um, even after she's gone Um, and it's very interesting that balance like that is a big sacrifice to make but yeah ultimately you're doing it with your your family in mind at the same time yes and men have been doing it for years yeah (laughs) that part too yes men have been doing it for years Mm -hmm. men have done and so what we've tried to do um is in our home create a level of balance where I could. So I winded up spending when I would come home and work from 12 to five and, and then stop on curls and stop for the day. I wind up go doing more work once they went to sleep. So that way we can have our time after, you know, at home. Um, and yeah, so it was me working more and having lots of start, stop, start, stop. Cause I had kids and we picked them up and dropped them off and did all that. We we manage as a team though. We had help, but we managed as a team. My husband and I, as a team, um, made sure that they had everything. Not just the financial piece. I mean, the extracurricular stuff because we need to make sure they're busy and they're well-rounded children. So making sure they had the sports and this and that and the tutoring and whatever they need to go and the camps and 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 the sleepovers and the fun playdates and me being like at their school stuff. Like all those things were important. So I had to find a way to make sacrifices yeah that's beautiful that's amazing you're so inspirational to us Mm -hmm. because something that um i constantly i feel like i say this to glenn a lot chelsea's fine but um (laughs) something that i'm often saying is you know whenever we get down or like we're like oh gosh like we have so much going on and um sorry glenn i'm calling you out sometimes glenn's like yeah like everyone has a podcast and I'm like yeah but like we have a great podcast and then I'm always like go into like the beauty section and like look at all these women who have been able to like create these brands and like Mm. you know yes there are unique brands and there are brands that you're loyal to but you're also like you know what this is an amazing like business is amazing woman I'm gonna give this a try and you're supporting and I'm like I feel like we kind of have that similar thing so I always use like the beauty shelf as my um I like envision target always yeah Yeah. and I'm like you know there's room there's space yeah even look at the water aisle in the grocery store right bottled water how many options do we need look at see all (laughs) those water that's even a better a one because that's even more. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Totally. That's so true. Cause it's just like, it's just water. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's enough story too, to show bread, all the different, I mean, that that's a very deep aisle. So yes, there's enough room 
for you and and for us you know same with us people get worried i feel as long (laughs) as i think competition is good for the soul because it'll keep you on your toes as an entrepreneur it'll keep you awake Mm -hmm. (laughs) it'll keep you the right competition will keep you on your toes thriving and awake or it'll make you fall under so you have to pick which one right and it keeps you innovative too like how can i grow how can i be different how can i you know be interesting um, mm-hmm. We also have a we have a segment on our podcast called What Would You Do, where we get listener letters. Um, and so they email us at hello at blackgirlstexting.com or they DM us on our Instagram. So we got this one listener letter and I felt like maybe you could be helpful. So I'm going to read it. Um, okay. It says, Dear BGT, this is a little embarrassing, so please don't use my real name. I recently got a weave and the braids were very tight. Um, When taking them out, I lost a ton of hair. I know that when you take out braids, losing hair is pretty normal, but this was an insane amount. Um, And I realized after washing and styling it, um, after removing the braids, that I actually had a ball spot on the front right side of my head. I have been wearing wigs to hide it, but the hair on the side of my head really isn't growing back. So I'm I'm guessing like it's the edges part. Um, are there any tips or tricks that you have to help me um, grow this area on my head? It's really affecting my um, my personal life, my dating life. I really don't like how it looks uh, and my self-esteem. Please offer any advice that you have. Thank you. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that. That is horrible. Um, you definitely have to be careful who you go to when you allow people to take, you know, do your hair. Uh, but I would suggest one number one, that she goes to see a doctor and see if it's permanent hair loss. That's what I want to know. That was the first thing I want to know when I heard the story. Um, Secondly, I want her to contact me because I would love to send her some of our hair growth vitamins. If it's not permanent hair hair loss, then we can help her. We have several scalp treatments and a hair growth vitamin, which is liquid form, and it's the most efficacious form of a vitamin because you absorb 100% into your bloodstream. So I would love to help her. Um, but first, first, right, first so things heard, first, go to see a doctor and then share my information mm-hmm. with her if you can. Wow. I didn't even think about, yeah, that that's possible. Oh my gosh. Also, I need to get some of those vitamins because I'm really tired of this, uh, short hair. Yes. Right now. I, I will definitely send you some, you guys, if you guys oh, don't want to share, you know, I, I understand she wants to keep her name per- personal and private, but if you just want to send, if she's okay, we'll send it to you or to her. We want to send her at least, um, like two months supply to try. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's I think amazing. that would be amazing for her. I didn't yeah. know that you could, from braids, you can get permanent hair loss. Well, yeah, if there's if there's tension that was there for so long, um, I don't know how long the braids were in. And that's horrible. Oh, she already felt they were tight. So that's the problem right there. When you, t- when you braid so tightly, sometimes it's way too tight. And you have that permanent, that constant tug. Follicles can be permanently damaged. Or hopefully, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that, you know, they're just damaged and that they need to have treatment. But I just, I, that's really a normal uh, result when they're too tight and too long. Yeah. I would say also like be vocal when you're getting your hair yes. done. If it's too tight, say something and, you know, they need to listen. It's your Absolutely. head. I think a hundred percent. And she should also let that person know um that that would happen mm-hmm. so she knows and let her I, I think definitely make her accountable for that yeah for sure mm, mm, mm. 
wow that, that now i'm like i'm like i don't think i'll be getting any more sew-ins anytime soon that scared me <laughs> that's pretty scary yeah yeah um so our last segment of the show um and excuse our french is our black girl doing shit <laughs> and it's basically when we highlight um a black woman that is just killing it and inspiring us and today that is you okay yes we really want to thank you for coming on, but also just for, you know, sharing your story. We know that so many listeners are going to find this to be really, you know, inspirational for them because so mm-hmm. many listeners reach out to us and, you know, talk about these types of episodes, just really um, pushing them to do more. So I'm really excited for this one to drop. Yeah, great. I'm happy to hear that. And I hope I wasn't too blunt. No, um, but I do hope that perfect. my heart was heard, and I'm glad to have been able to be on with you guys today and be of a, a value. I like to, my purpose of being so frank and blunt and really transparent with my, with my story is because I want for people to be able to see a piece of them and me. For those who, for those chicks that got all together that were born, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth or, you know, came with money, then God bless you. You were so happy. I'm so happy for you. You're blessed. But mm-hmm. for those girls that came from the hood like me, like I want to show them that if I can do it, so can you. Yes, that's beautiful. Where can yes, our listeners find about. your products? I know I get them from Target. Is there anywhere else? Target, CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, um, every major retailer. I'm thinking that every, every, any place where you see a major retail store, you can find curls. Amazing. That is amazing. Oh, wow. This is like. Wait, I have a question before I go. (laughs) Um, Because I am someone who uh, blow dries my hair a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a way to like blow dry your hair and still maintain or develop your curl pattern? Mm. Does that make sense? You don't want to do that very often. Um, It can definitely disrupt your curl pattern um, by heat styling it too often. Um, and if you do do it, like, you know, say once a month or once every other month, try not to keep applying that heat over and over again every day. A heat style it, mm-hmm. flat iron it, wrap it every night, and don't continue to put heat every day on it as you style it. That's where it gets really bad. It's not the first blowout. It's every day when you're touching that hair up, mm-hmm. whether it be a flat iron, an extra curling iron, every single day it breaks down the, the, the follicles. So you want to... I always suggest doing that, not as much, doing it as least as possible. Um, I typically do it about once every three months or so. Um, sometimes I go longer, but every three months. And I keep it in for about, keep it straight for about a week and then go back to my texture. Um, so mm-hmm. you can, there are products that can actually, you could put on to prevent that breakage, but, and, and to keep the protein strong. Um, but when you first do the first blowout, but the concern again is in that daily curling iron use. Okay. Yeah. I can already tell even from like just blowing my hair out to get braids, like the front of my hair is like so straight and I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. So start with the protein treatment. Well, I think what we need to add to your box is our bamboo protein treatment, which mm-hmm. bamboo is a natural protein versus those that are made in the in the lab right so they have some protein t- treatments that are made from artificial ingredients but this is a natural strengthener and you want to use this mm-hmm. before you flat iron when you're natural 
smoothing your hair back it's a great nice treatment for you to keep your hair strong yeah oh yeah i need to get i love products i'm a product junkie so (laughs) oh well thank you so so much we really appreciate it you're welcome yeah thank you and i'm definitely gonna let that listener know privately about the vitamins because we want her hair to you know be as healthy as it can be yes Um, and thank you so much, though. That w- This is like, we're entrepreneurs, and we really love speaking to entrepreneurs. Um, so thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you guys very soon. Yes. yes. And so excited for everyone to hear this. Before um, you go, where can our listeners find you? Oh, yes. yes. Thank that you. That was my last thing. Mm-hmm. So on Instagram and, and Facebook, Mahisha underscore Dellinger, M-A-H-I-S-H-A. D-E-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. And for curls, it's just curls on Instagram and Facebook. And Black Girls Make a Millions Academy on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yes, make sure you all check that out because that sounds like it's going to be amazing. Yes, epic. Oh my gosh. Thank you again. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed and took all that in. Bye-bye. Bye.